People first organizations will win in the future of work. Your only real asset is your people. We, we all, all want purpose-driven work. work. HR-led organization is I'm sorry, but leaders don't lead empty desks and empty shop floors. Welcome to the People Strategy Leaders Show. I'm your host, Sri Chalapa, founder and president of Engagedly, and a serial entrepreneur in technology, films, and music. This is where we talk to people leaders, business strategists, and organizational savants about leading in the time of change. What is working, what is not working, and more importantly, what we should be thinking about. Stick around to the end of the show. We will reveal how you can be our next guest. And now, let's engage. Hi, this is Sri Chalapa again with People Strategy Leaders Podcast. And today, I am super excited to have Karthik Ganesh uh, join us for, um, for our next episode. Uh, Karthik Ganesh is a CEO of Empirix Health, a category creator and the industry's only value-based pharmacy benefits manager. Karthik has built Empirix Health into a high-growth, high-innovation company and has the most clinically advanced PBM in the industry. Under his leadership, Empirix Health has earned recognition as a multi-year Inc. 5000 company, multi-year certified great place to work, and Deloitte Technology Fast 500 company. Karthik's background also includes leadership roles at Cigna, Aetna, Deloitte, and EY, the author of The Happiness Model, A Roadmap to Inner Peace. Karthik is a prolific writer and speaker on healthcare issues, leadership, and resilience, and has been featured in leading industry journals and podcast. Welcome to the show, Karthik. So fun to have you. Thank you. It's so great to speak to you again. It's been many, many years. I remember the day when you first joined EY uh, <laughs> yeah. back from, uh, I think it was Kansas State or yeah, uh, Kansas, Kansas, State. Kansas yeah. State. And I think I was, I was your counselor. You were my first protege. You were your was, first counselor, yeah. Yeah, I was your first counselor. So I remember, you know, you wanting to, uh, the stars in your eyes wanting to do big things. So it is such an exciting to see you flourish and uh, do great things and being a three-time Inc. 5000 winner uh, and building a fantastic organization. So congratulations on all the success, Karthik. Thank you. You know, um, I will actually jump in right here. The topic that you uh, wanted to talk about and, you know, we talk about people, strategy, leadership. The one thing that, you know, we hear a lot and I talk about that quite a bit as well about, you know, building a diverse and inclusive workforce um, and then you obviously have done that. Um, so can you talk a little bit about a little bit about what, first of all, the results that you have in your organization from DEI perspective, and then what made you really focus on that as a core pillar of your leadership approach? Absolutely. So just um, to start off with, with some of the, our key metrics, right? We are 65%, we're 65% women, 67% of our management team are women, we have your um, 12% LGBTQ+, 49%, if I'm not mistaken, people of color. We have four generations. So for a seven-year-old company, most folks think of younger organizations as being very millennial heavy. We have the fact that we've got four generations really, um, it speaks, you know, as much as everything else, it speaks to the way we think about DE&I. And, uh, and then we've taken DE&I to the next step outside of just what you would think of as your traditional metrics. We've um, we have made DEI a way a way to be the way we live our lives the way we live the work aspect of our lives in this company. So we've had as an example 
um, you know, we, we've gone through the last couple of years of COVID and we know, you know, mental health has been a tsunami like never before. And um, we took firmly to the approach that mental health is health. So we've had folks who've got, who are challenged from a mental health standpoint, vocalize their, what their challenges have been, how they've overcome them, how they deal with them. With the idea being that, um, that inclusivity is more than a set of metrics. Inclusivity is understanding that there are demographic aspects of inclusivity and then there are experiential aspects of inclusivity as well. And you need to be able to put them all together to build the perfect melting pot for you to be able to do the things you need to be able to do. Your question, um, Srikant, was about why this was a, an important strategy. You know, as a healthcare services company, it was extremely important that we, we looked, thought, and spoke like our patients and clients. And, uh, and that only came by being incredibly deliberate about how we hired, how we compensated, what our benefits packages looked like and how we, where we zeroed in on retention. And uh, so the, the metrics I called out, the way we think about inclusivity, the way we've done experiential diversity as well, it has been, um, I'm gonna, it's been more art than science because it has absolutely from a from all facets of the organization it's been a labor of love in terms of trying to build the right mix here now you've been there for about what four years now four and a half yeah. years yeah four and a half years so that's a big achievement even um, in in four and a half years um, so what kind of results have you seen because of that I'm, I'm I'm not saying it doesn't show results but I like to understand is there any direct correlation between the uh, oh, and and your organizational performance? I mean, unquestionably, I mean, um, we've had our four-year um, EBITDA Kager as a result of this is uh, a little north of 125 percent. Our four-year revenue Kager is bordering on 90 percent plus. Um, the um, even with all of the talk around the the Great Resignation last year, um, or the, maybe the last year and a half, our um, our resignation rates, our, our voluntary attrition rates were far below anything the industry was seeing. And, um, and every single time we've gone out for an award, it's, um, we've won, one, we've won it. The second part to it though is, um, you know, a lot of these folks give you these little word scrabbles in terms of the responses they received from folks. The two words that stand out um, every single time we've done this have been, has been collaboration and trust. The fact that we've built a melting pot where people trust that we are trying to do the right thing, it not only enhances the results, Shikan, but it also enhances, you know, people want, like, I, I believe that people at this point in time, like never before in our, in our professional lives, want to be part of something bigger than themselves. And we've right. given them an opportunity by not just talking about it, but actually showcasing it. Yeah, and I think that's a, a very commendable achievement, to be honest. Uh, to be, uh, it's it's something that I feel very passionate about. Um, but I will say that I struggle personally as well in trying to find the right mix of diversity in in the leadership team that you know I I have, I have and I'm the one I'm building. So there are fewer, you know. I'm, I'm, I know I'm probably using this as an excuse, but to be honest, you know, when we when we get presented with the options, you know, there are fewer people to pick from, especially in the people of color and leadership or 
people of uh, you know different gender or LGBT. Uh, I mean, LGBT people we don't even know who they are when when they're presented because uh, it's not it's not something you see yep. or, or, or read in a yep. name. But um, so, how did you? What was the deliberate approach you took to actually build that out? I mean, we uh, to start off with Srikanth, I mean, what you just said is exactly what Wells Fargo said out in San Francisco, right? I mean, right. Uh, where I think their CEO said, hey, I, I, I just can't find enough talent in that in that talent pool. And, um, and I, you know, we put our foot down and we said, if we're not going to find the talent, we're just going to keep looking. Mm-hmm. And even if it means we're being, you know, we, we were candid with the organization. I, 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 I talked to the, the company every month. And all hands happens every single month when we were, um, especially in the early stages of my joining the organization, as we were doing a pretty significant organizational build out or transformation on the backs of a people transformation strategy. uh, I would literally, we would maybe have conversations twice a month. And, uh, and we told them guys, this is what we're trying to do. This is what is important to us until we can find the right mix. Some of us are going to pick up more than others. And oh, by the way, that some of us includes me, right? I'm not sitting somewhere and just saying, well, this is on everyone else. We're in it together. But if we don't find the right mix, you know, when the the good to great philosophy, right? Right people to the right seats on the bus. Well, it was the notion of right people with an asterisk that said right people with the right blend of diversity um, in the mix. And when an organization buys, buys into your passion for doing the right thing and building it the right way, people are willing to wait a little longer. And then for certain key places, right? I mean, the challenge we have, Srikant, is um, you know when you look at recruiting across the industry, right? Across any, any industry, quite frankly, when you hire people who look a certain way and we ask them to then go and dip into their network to recruit right. more talent, their network is going to look like them. Right. It's just it's just fundamentally human psychology, right? We interact with people that we feel look, talks, hang out like us. So versus that, what we did was for key roles. So for example, for my chief people officer role, for some of the key roles in the organization, we went to we went to external recruiters and um, we got we found uh, you know the you know we we had them bring in a talent base that was that looked the way we wanted them to. And then for a lot of the, 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 the more junior or even mid-level recruiting, we had them go out. So when you've got, you've got an amazingly, I mean, our chief people officer is one of the, the smartest people I've ever worked with. She's, she's a black woman, uh, former UBS, first chief people officer for any city of New York department. When she's out there looking, she knows to look in places that we would never have even conceived of looking in the past. So that's, that's the starting point finding people who don't look like you at the key roles and then having them and letting them lose because they're going to go and find people that you're never going to find by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So as you're building out the DEI strategy, uh, you know, do you, are you done with that or is there certain other, other initiatives you have in, in, in moving forward with that? Not done with that. I mean, I look at it as an evolution, right? I mean, when are you actually done with it? So we continue to push the envelope harder. I mean, our benefits are deeper. I mean, what we continue to find that is more exciting for us is we find people, um, we are almost resonating in our tri-state market here out in the Northeast as an employer that is innovative and is looking for 
pockets of innovation with a very strong D and I blend to it. We've become more vocal voices in our local communities where we work and live as a result of what we're doing from a DEI standpoint. So it's definitely an, definitely an evolution for us, but um, versus a strategy with some very specific um, data points, Srikant, for us, it's been, let's just, we know what our underpinnings are from a value system standpoint, and we wanna show up each day and do the best we can to further the cause. Yeah, now I commend you for that, Karthik, it's to, to really have that intense focus and drawing the line saying, I am not gonna take the easy way out. If it takes a few extra months, so be it. Um, and that shows, you know, obviously uh, conviction in your uh, values and conviction in your approach, uh, but also leadership. And we talked a little bit about, you know, leadership is one of the things that you are very passionate about. Yep. Um, and, I, and I read your posts on LinkedIn and I, you know, follow you avidly as well. Um, so talk to me about what do you, what do you think about leadership? And there are many definitions out there, but when you, when you say leadership, what does a good leader look like and needs to do? I, in, in, um, for me, leadership is, 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 um, is really about two things. Some people think it's about being a cheerleader. Some people think it's, uh, you know, forget, here's the two things that are important to me. One, be crystal clear about your values, what you stand for, what the organization stand, stands for, and then live those values. That's one, that's the first part. Second is really about leaving people and a place in, a, in better shape than when you first walked in. If, they, I mean, we, you've seen this, Srikant, I mean, you're, um, I will always maintain if I could count the number of extremely amazing people I've worked with in my lifetime, you'd, you'd show up in my first hand, right, <laughs> folks. And the reason for that is um, there are people I'm sure in their careers who will look back and say, he was an extremely important person that's resulted in me being where I am. A lot of people will say that about you. Even today, when I get, you know, I get messages from folks who, you know, former Express Scripts a really long time ago, people who I haven't worked with in 15, 18 years, and who are doing phenomenally well, and they will reach out to me and say, hey, this is an email from you that I saved. I, I got an email from someone the other day who said, this is the email you sent me 18 years ago. And I have saved it as something that I am going to hopefully pay forward over my lifetime. I, I, I think that's, that, that, that is, you live your values and then you make a difference and that's leadership. Yeah, no, that's, that's phenomenal. So what does, um, you know, you, another thing you talk about is innovative leadership, right? What does that mean today in this quote unquote future of work? I talk about future of work a lot because the future of work is going to be very employee centric. It's exactly what you're doing. You know, it's yep. going to be very employee centric. It's going to focus on inclusivity. It's going to focus on, uh, wellness, uh, mental health, all of that. Um, so when you talk about innovative leadership in this new world of work, what does that mean to you? You know, the, 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 in, the interesting thing is I was, I, I have a, I have an amazingly smart millennial, um, um, she's more like my niece, but she's actually my cousin, but she's young enough to be my niece. And she was over this weekend and, um, we look at some of the terminologies being thrown around these days, Srikant, and it feels like we've always known this, right? In the great resignation, we've gone through how many phases of versions of the great resignation, right. but culturally we feel the need to give, to coin 
right? I mean, this what is the new thing that I, you know that this, uh, quiet um, the quiet resignation? What is it? Quiet the, quitting. Uh, quiet quitting, right? And uh, quiet quitting, exactly. Um, I mean, my philosophy philosophy around innovation in leadership has been very simple, Shrikant. You you build the right kind of company, put the right guardrails in place, be extremely transparent about what's important to you. There are folks, and when when people interact with you as a leader, they should know exactly where they stand. And after that, either the, the organization is a good fit for them or it's not a good fit for them. You know, like the Buddha said, right? We're not a tree. If you don't like, if you don't like it, change it. Right? Mm -hmm. If it's mm -hmm. not the right place for them, they need to move on and do something else with their lives. But um, we are a hybrid organization. I think hybrid is here to stay. I believe folks who are vocal about this notion of quiet quitting are going to realize, you know, if they're folks in their 20-somethings or the 30-somethings, they're going to realize 10 years from now that they were extremely smart, but they hit this wall because they got so cultural, they got so caught up in trying to label something a certain way that they real they didn't they did not realize that you've got to you've got to show up differently to differentiate yourself from the pack. Right. If you want to show up just like the rest of the pack does, you're going to be one with the pack. Do not expect to be special because you're one with the pack. And uh, you know, I, I, I tell people consistently, our job as leaders is to give you a rope, make sure it's taught, make sure we teach you how to climb that rope and then get out of the way. If you choose to make that rope a noose, that's your privilege. Right, right, well said, well said. Um, you know, I, I, one of the things that I think has, has changed about leadership, uh, especially in the last couple of years and, and more so now, is the whole concept of eight to five showing, you know, punching the clock or, or keeping a time clock on how many hours a week you work. I think that's really, uh, it seems like an archaic uh, phenomenon, especially, especially if you're in the knowledge worker space. And I obviously have empathy and sympathy for the retail workers and factory workers who uh, can't necessarily get off of that because, you know, they get paid for the hours they show up at work. But at least in the knowledge worker space, it's for the outcome and the work you do and not the hours you put in. If you can get your work done in 20, 30 hours, or, you know, you're, that's good and that's great. And if you want to do go over and above, above that for the rest of the time you have on your hand, you know, obviously you will be re hopefully be recognized and rewarded for that. Uh, but it's not necessary, you know, necess uh, that's my point of view on it. And uh, we offer unlimited uh, uh, vacation in the, in the U.S., and I'll tell you, nobody has abused it so far. Um, there's, it's never been a problem. It's been like this for the last five plus years for us. Um, and I don't count, you know, people say, hey, I'm taking this day off or the day off and it's never been a problem. Um, the only thing I ask for them is, you know, if you are supposed to be in a meeting to add any, uh, if they're looking for any uh, input from you, make sure you send an email before you leave so that that's available during the meeting. Uh, and then if you can come back and listen to the recording, because now we have Zoom and all the other yep. mechanisms of recording, you don't actually have to attend every meeting either. If it is just an informational meeting, just send, ask them to send you a recording and you don't need to attend, especially if you're not contributing. You know, so there are different okay. things have changed. And I think the good leaders are the ones who can recognize that and move forward and not be insisting on people showing up for all their meetings, people being at, the, at work at, by a certain time. Uh, you know, asking people to do things when it's uh, not, not necessarily convenient for them. You know, people have, you know, I, I am, 
uh, you know, I have my daughter uh, who I needed to take to school, pick her up, pick her up from school on certain days or take her to the dentist or whatever that that is. Um, you know, I make time for that and I expect our, our, my, my people to do that as well. So I think that's, to me, is how the leadership is, is changing and able to recognize that, but focus more on the outcomes um, and the process rather than focusing on the time you put on the, on the, on the clock. clock. And I completely agree with you, Srikant. I think productivity by itself is an archaic metric. The question is, are you effective, which is much more important than whether you're productive, because productive, you start exactly to your point. You start, it becomes about a time-based metric versus effectiveness is more outcome centric. And um, yeah, we are a um, we are an unlimited PTO organization as well. We are also about um, two years ago, we took all performance reviews off. So we have no performance reviews across the organization. There's just too many biases that crop, creep in into performance reviews and no one really leaves a conversation feeling good about themselves. So, um, and um, I feel taking both of those off, just to your point just now, uh, it significantly elevated the trust factor because the message to employees was, we trust you, one, from a PTO standpoint, that we shouldn't be managing your time for you. Two, we trust that if we are all rowing in the same direction as an organization, you understand that an organization is a team sport mm -hmm. and your performance is going to be commensurate to that. Yeah, yeah. You know, what's, what's interesting about uh, Karthik in what you're doing is typically what a lot of startup tech companies or Silicon Valley style companies or companies like mine who are in tech, pure technology doing. And the fact that you're doing that in the healthcare space, which is historically been very stodgy uh, yeah. in, in change. You know, I, I spend a lot of time in healthcare myself and uh, it's uh, it's commendable that you're doing that. So I would think in in healthcare and maybe i'm wrong uh that you are probably one of the minority in terms of the approach you're taking we to are. talent we're we're uh, we're a minority in the way we think about people we're a minority in terms of our strategy and uh we wear that as a badge of honor it's um it's good to be different well don't let the secret out you know <laughs> you know you don't want competition to be hearing about you know it. what the beauty of which recut is even if you let the secret out um you know even elephants can dance kind of a concept uh, it's uh, you, a lot of these guys are, um, they're never going to be able to do it. It doesn't matter what it is. They just, you know, the folks just can't get out of their own way. Okay. So what, what's next for you, Karthik, now that you've been successful and obviously the story can continue, but as you're looking forward to your own career and yep. your organization, how are you thinking about it? I mean, the organization is, um, the organization continues to evolve, Srikant. I mean, we, um, we've, um, We've continued to grow. I think we're gonna to continue to grow. There's no question in my mind about it. Uh, 2017, before I joined Empirix, I realized that I, I had taken a six month break just to um, get off the treadmill. I wrote a book, I did some coaching, consulting, et cetera. And I realized that as much as I was enjoying coaching people one-on-one, -on -one, coaching organizations was more of a passion for me more so than individual one-on-one -on -one coaching. And um, as I think about my career, I think um, I don't see myself being um, all too excited about being a solopreneur and it's always going to be part of something bigger than myself. But um, Empirix is, um, I mean, we are, um, we are, we've got our heart and our heads in the right place. And that is just going to result in tremendous results for this company. So um, there's no stopping us. And I believe you. Thank you very much, Karthik. It's been a pleasure to have you on my show. Absolutely. Until next time. Thank you.
Shri Chalapa here. Thank you so much for listening to the People Strategy Leaders podcast. If you are a successful leader or a people strategist who would like to be on this program, please visit engagedly.com/peoplestrategyleaderspodcast. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag #peoplestrategyleaders. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter at Sri Chalapa. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time. And thank you to Patrick Ramsey, sound engineer at Kalinga Production Studios, for recording and mixing this show.